Mmm, that's good. It is a new episode of Digital Coffee. Welcome back, everybody. It's hot and fresh just for you this week. And there's a lot of things going on in tech. Some things I'm still just wondering why we just never learn. And some things that are hmm, interesting in general. But as always, I'm your host, Brett Dyster. So let's get on with it. So um, Qualcomm and Apple really just don't like each other. Or at least I should say Apple doesn't like Qualcomm so much. Qualcomm seems to be fine with everything, but it's just not going very well for them, interesting enough. So the whole story is that Qualcomm was fined by the South Korea government for monopolistic practices, kind of uh, shaking down businesses to buy a lump sum of things they may or may not have needed, and they were fined a whole bunch of millions of dollars. Now they can appeal it, and then they can get refunded all that money, so they probably will be repealing that or trying to at least. Now the FTC looked into them and started to investigate that as well. So we also have that part of it too. Now Apple's been jumping on it as well and they're filing a $1 billion lawsuit. Now in America, it's still, you're innocent until proven guilty. It's just a file loss, filed lawsuit. So nothing has happened yet, but it's interesting to see what's gonna happen. They're claiming the same things that South Korea and the FTC have been investigating about monopolistic tactics. Uh, now, I'm not in favor of it whatsoever. If they are doing that, it's kind of bad. However, as a business that has really basically cornered the CPU market for mobile phones, it's kind of hard not to fault them for thinking this. But like I said, I am not in favor of this in any stretch of the imagination. Monopolies are usually difficult to compete with because they own a lion's share of the market. Not always 100%, but majority of the market is when we call them monopolies uh, because no one can own actually 100% of the market. It's just impossible to do that. Now, Qualcomm has said that they're fine with uh, Apple and they're still do business with them. Uh, no hard feelings. So it looks like it's more of Qualcomm going, yeah, yeah. We may, we may have done that, but eh, whatever type of a thing. So it should be interesting to see what's going to go on with that, if anything is going to go on with that. So, well, best of luck for either one of them, because I'm not quite sure what's going on. That's that's really, that's really going to be interesting to see. Uh, so I'll keep you updated if I know anything else, but that's really what's going on with them too. And, well, I, I hope Qualcomm doesn't get in too much trouble, but they could. All right, now here's something interesting, and I'll probably be talking about this a little bit more in depth with more of the marketing side uh, this coming week, but it's still interesting to you know be aware of this. So there's something called emojis that are basically a more interactive emoji, because emojis are kind of like the colorful, oh yeah, happy face, up, thumbs up, thumbs down. Well, this one is more for marketing purposes where you can create your own and kind of create your own marketing uh, type of emoji and people can use and you can track it and all that stuff. So it looks like this company is actually doing it uh, and it looks like it's done pretty well for some businesses. Uh, it looks like Universal's used it and they got millions of downloads as well um, for their release of The Secret Life of Pets. Uh, the effort was seen over 17 million times and clicked an impressive, uh, wow, and it, and it really is quite impressive, uh, 336,000 times. Now, Starbucks did it as well for their Frappuccino, and it was viewed over 10 million times. 
Now they're opening up to everybody, and so you can make your own as well. Just uh, kind of create, you know, kind of upload your own picture. It's a, it's a very drag and drop type of uh, format. So if you want to actually create your own marketing purposes or just test it out yourself, it's not free. The starting price is $100, so be aware of that and use your money wisely. If you cannot afford it, don't. But it's not bad for marketing purposes, but this is going to be the new avenue for more interactive marketing uh, beyond what's going on with just uh Facebook and all that. So this is a little bit more interactive. It should be interesting to see how well this actually does and if small businesses will jump on this as well as large ones because it's not just getting the big ones. It's also getting the small businesses because small businesses do make up quite a bit of lion's share of kind of the economy, especially in America. So it should be interesting to see what's going on with all this. Now moving on to Tostitos. And you're going, but you talk about tech. You're right, and apparently Tostitos is doing some tech. So it looks like they're doing some Internet of Things where it kind of, it lets you know when you're too drunk to drive. So the bag has kind of a circle and has Tostitos on it, and if, if it's a green circle, it means you're good to go. If it's a red circle, it looks like a steering wheel. It says, do not drink and drive, and it will call you an Uber cab. That's right. It, it, it's a bag of chips that is responsible for you and your actions. So why not? This is actually interesting, a little frightening at the same time, but interesting to see how businesses are trying to curb uh, it's still extremely uh, bad way of a lot of fatalities. I mean, texting and using your phone is, is way up there now as well. But this is also another uh, one of the worst ways a lot of ways, I should say, people actually dying is by drinking and driving. Now, it's been curbed a little bit more because of how terrible the fines are, but still, some companies are still trying to find a way of doing it. So, it's not a bad way of doing it, but it's an interesting tech, especially since, well, um, Super Bowl's coming up and a lot of other parties, and Tostitos is always, always about the party. Uh, is kind of helping people going, yeah, you're a little too drunk. You probably should drive. I'm going to call you an Uber. And it's like, oh, thanks, bag of chips. Will you be my friend? And it doesn't respond back. And then you get mad. And then you basically unfollow them as a brand page because you're like, I thought we were friends. But anyways, back to the tech. This actually does look interesting. And maybe it, help, it may help save lives. We don't really know. I mean, it hasn't really been that tested yet. All right, moving on to Facebook, because Facebook's got a lot of updates. First, they're testing out a new, quote-unquote, newsfeed-like ads. A little bit more of the serial, like, different ads and a little block format. Now, I've stated this before. I sincerely think that Messenger is going to become the new Facebook because it's been looking more and more like that as it's progressed as a platform. I think by the wayside is going to be... Facebook in general is going to be gone because people are being very um, cordoned off by their ideologies. We don't really like to debate or talk about different ideologies because we don't really like that. I actually was part of that one where someone told me to shut the F up and no one cares about what I think. Fair enough. I really don't care. Uh, I just really want to share that with you to drive the point home that yes, we're, we are becoming more and more cordoned off by our own ideologies and less and less 
open to other ideas that we may agree or disagree with. So that's the new paradigm shift. And I think Facebook is at least seeing this and this is what could actually become Facebook as it is for the future. I could be wrong about that because that's just future telling, but it's not uh, it's not a very offbeat weird um, answer to this because what I've seen from Facebook Messenger is that it tells you when your friends are available. You can contact any friend you want to. You can make groups. Uh, it now has newsfeed like updates. Uh, it's looking like the more robust, newer version of Facebook, and we could be seeing the Facebook as it is going away. And would would anybody really miss that? Really, be honest with you. Plus, Messenger has bots. You can play games now through it. It's not like it's not. It's almost the same thing. So I'm not seeing a difference. I'm fine with that. It's just, are people going to actually want to do it? Now moving on to Facebook copying its copier. So you, you remember that Instagram has stories, which was a copy from Snapchat. Well, Facebook is copying Instagram's stories. That was the copy from the Snapchat stories. So Facebook is just copying itself to put it on there, and it's basically mimics pretty closely to Instagram stories. It's going to have little bubbles of people's faces on top for their stories, and then you can reply through different types of threads with it. Now, it's it's going to allow you to, to basically link or thread your Instagram stories through it because they're both owned by the same person. So there should be that as well. But my biggest thing is if they're going to differentiate it from Instagram stories, from Facebook stories, maybe, maybe not. I don't really know. It seems like Facebook doesn't really have very many new features, its own features coming out. But I could be wrong, and it could be doing something like that. Now, could this be implemented Messenger? Very much so. This could be. And I'm fine with that. Like I said, this is a great step forward. I think this is going to be implemented in Messenger anyways, and I'm still thinking Facebook as it is going to be more Messenger than it is going to be Facebook as it used to be. That's my still my uh, prediction for the future of Facebook, but I could always be wrong. Now, granted, we both we use Instagram and Facebook in different ways because they are both very different platforms. Even though you can do roughly the same thing on Facebook, you just People engage better, I think, on Instagram than they do Facebook, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, is it as political on Facebook? It's actually getting there. I've seen a lot more political posts, but that's, well, the nature of our, at least American society right now. Uh, so, like I said, this is a new feature. I haven't seen it quite yet. It should be interesting to see how this is going to affect Facebook as well, and people are going to use it as often as, let's say, Instagram Stories. They could or they couldn't. It doesn't really. It's not really set in stone quite yet. And the last thing about Facebook is that they are getting rid of your personalized trending topics. That's right, because of all the fake news that's out there, quote unquote. Uh, Facebook has been scrutinized for promoting it, even though technically they're not promoting it. It's the users promoting it and then not checking their own facts about if this is true or not. And that's just more of a wide um, problem as a whole of our society of like, ooh, this is, I agree with this. Share it instead of actually looking at the sources, looking if it's true or not. That's more of a whole of just people and their 
tech illiterateness not actually following through with other things. Instead, that's my personal opinion about that. But you're here to, you're here to listen to that. But yes, they're getting rid of it. It's going to be more of a non-personalized one. It's going to give you where it's coming from and kind of just a little bit of basically the headline of what it's all about. Um, and it's going to kind of give. it's going to be the same as the previous one about Winter Storm, Leo, or Brexit, or United States Border Patrol, and then give you the title, and then give you um, what's going on. But it's going to be checking multiple different factors for actually doing this. So it should be interesting to see uh, how this is going to be effective. They they are using Snopes, but I'm very um, weary of Snopes because Snopes is... Well, it does have a political leaning. If you're going to use a fact-based checking company, use one that's not either left or right. Use one that's actually going to care about getting the facts right. And if one is leaning left or right, that doesn't mean that basically means that they don't care as much. They care about their own viewpoint. You need to have something that's going to be not as broad-based. Now, Facebook has been accused of um, suppressing news or suppressing alternative voices not to be confused with alternative facts i know someone's gonna say something about that but uh that's where we're at right now uh could this new system work maybe is fake news whatever it actually is uh going to be um a problem yes it's always gonna be a problem because people are people people will believe what they want to believe and a lot of times they will not check their sources or their facts. Reason being is because of a book I'm also reading as well is because of how our brain works and how we are more prone to just automatically believing something that we believe in anyways without really checking it. And so there's another major problem with that as well. So um, should be interesting to see where Facebook goes with this. They are they still aren't saying they're a media company even though they technically are, but hmm, that's for another that's for another debate. Not right now. All right, Pornhub has some news. So the Women's March, or the Minority Women's March, and I'm not talking about minority women, but just minority of a group of women that decided to go to it. And if you debate me on that, you're still wrong because the facts are out. It's not all women. So this wasn't a this wasn't a march of solidarity for all women. This was a solidarity for March for people that oppose Trump. So this was more of a women's march against Trump which is probably a better term for that than anything else. But people in the news, and even the one I'm looking at, the next web, God love you. You are so left and you think you're not. Uh, has And this is more for Pornhub. Uh, and actually getting back to my article, the actual I'm going to talk about, is that Pornhub saw, saw a dip in <laughs> traffic for porn. So yes, women do watch porn on Pornhub. And they saw uh, it, it wasn't as a whole for all the cities that actually did do were did partake in this. There was a slight dip in it. And there were some pretty there were bigger offenders than others. Chicago saw a dip about 8.2% by 8 p.m. Uh, Washington, D.C. saw a 19% dip. Now, the worst offender, well, it was L.A., L.A. saw a 22% dip at 2 p.m. So here in California, especially Southern California, we're all very horny and pervs. Just for the data shows from Pornhub. Now, does Pornhub have 
every single woman on there. No, this is not indicative of it, but it is indicative of the people that actually went to it, which, by the way, were all left people because the majority of all cities that actually had the big marches were all left-leaning cities. Chicago, L.A., Washington, New York, or I should say D.C., I should say, be more specific, Washington, D.C., New York. All left-leaning, so it's not indicative of all women. Let's get that straight, because the media seems to purport that it is all for all women, and it actually isn't, and I'm sick and tired of the misinformation, and I hope they stop with the fake news, because they are now becoming what they are rallying against. It's kind of sad. Now moving on to still stupid things that the media says. Oh, man. Uh, so, uh, as with any transition from anything, uh, the government agencies were quote-unquote banned from tweeting. Now, here's the thing. When you have a transition, obviously you don't have your cabinet members all in there, so there is a problem with transitions. And sometimes, well... Sometimes there's a there's a lockdown until they can get all everything in order in their house before they go on. Now the media is trying to say, look, Trump is telling everybody to ban all tweeting. I uh, I guess whatever. I mean, uh, the National Park Service did tweet about a picture about the inauguration. Now I don't really care about how many people shut up. To be honest with you, it's inconsequential because then we could just show a picture of people. Lining up for Hitler's speeches, and it's inconsequential because he had a lot of people going for them as well. So, there you have it. I just made a Hitler reference, and I didn't even say Trump was one. I just said Hitler had a lot of people come to their crowds. So, saying that Obama had a lot and Trump didn't have enough. So, are the media, are you equating... Obama more to Hitler because Hitler had bigger crowds than Obama did? Then are you equating to Trump because he didn't have a lot of crowds? Like I said, I don't really understand the correlation here because now you're just telling me that I should equate Obama to Hitler, but I don't want to do that because that's a dumb analogy. We need to stop with the analogy. Plus, if he was more socialistic, it would be more towards Stalin, but that's another that's another debate that I don't want to get into. My problem is with this is this, this is once again jumping the gun. Why are we talking about this when we don't really know what's going on? And if it's standard procedure that a lot of these actually don't tweet until after the new cabins have been appointed and after everybody's kind of been pushed in or finally vetted or finally coerced by the other side to finally acquiesce to appointing these people, why do we have a big deal about this? Like, seriously, like there's no point about this. this is another one plus with the epa and them being barred from tweeting even though people on the left think the epa is great even though they haven't actually been great you remember that river contamination debacle a couple of years ago this is my problem with the media it's this and the tech media is not any better they're actually a lot of times worse and they're getting worse like this is part of the reason why actually this was an unintended consequence of why I do this, because I'm trying to be the voice of the opposition of too many people being in Seattle and San Francisco. I'm even in Southern California, but I'm not I don't think their way and I get chastised for that too much. But I'm fine with it. Moving on to a little bit lighter things before we get too deep. So Microsoft decided to finally Finally be a competitor to Google Chromebooks. Yes, Microsoft has launched Intune for
for education to kind of counter this is to help with admins and teachers kind of um well help with their students help lock down things that students shouldn't be doing and also give them laptops that are rugged and spill proof because you know students are just not quite quite on on it and most of these um, computers will be around $300, so pretty comparable to it. It will also be integrated with Office 360 for Education because it's Microsoft and that's what you do. Um, so we have that as well. Uh, so it should be interesting to see if education is actually gonna jump onto this because it seems like Microsoft for a while didn't really care that uh, Google was taking away their business. And it, from what I saw, they just were like, Meh, yeah, they're doing it. Eh. We won't really try to do anything about it because we're Microsoft. I mean, I have a, a PC, so I don't mind Microsoft products. But the weird thing is that now they do it. Now they're going after it. Now it's a big deal. And you're, you're, you're a little late to the game again. Mobile phones, late to the game. Luckily, you kind of got out of it. You might get back into it. Luckily, your Surface books are great and your Surface tablets are great and your just Surface line in general is pretty good. Um, and you're kind of coming back, but this one's a little weird why it took so long to actually do it when everybody was slowly transitioning over to Google products. It was kind of like you didn't really want to, to compete. Now you do and once again, it just seems like you're a little late to the ball game. All right, now we're on to the FCC because, well, new president means everybody's going to be talking about politics a little bit more, more than I really want to, and it's big news, so why not talk about it? So I'm not going to say his name, but he's not a white guy. <laughs> a Jet Pei? I, I totally butcher it, and I apologize if I butcher it, but I, I butchered that. I know that. But that's Trump's pick for the FCC chairman. Todd Wheeler is out. Tom Wheeler. Tom Wheeler is Mr. Wheeler is out. Uh, this wasn't a big surprise. I have always been kind of I like net neutrality. I think net neutrality is good. But the little the least government intervention is always better. Uh, however, Internet service providers haven't been the best for, you know, championing data speeds, championing not having data caps because stupidity. And just being far behind everybody else in the world with internet speeds, even though we help create the internet. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where I just don't get it. Now, to be honest with you, there are some th I start to less agree with the FCC later down the road. Like the zero rating sum, uh, basically what it is is that uh, you're not companies are not allowed to give preferential treatment for some services over the others, usually when it's their own. Now, uh, this one, the previous FCC chairman has kind of chastised AT&T more than Verizon and T-Mobile because Verizon's a little bit, I mean, T-Mobile's been a little bit more open to other companies having the zero rating uh, for video and music, and they're not really discriminating too much against it. Verizon discriminating a little bit more, but at but AT&T is the worst offender because they are zero sum rating their own stuff, which I don't really agree with because that's kind of dumb. But I mean, AT&T's got to get its money back somehow from the acquisition of Directv. My problem is, is that are they going to uphold net neutrality? Probably not, which is not a really good thing 
either because I don't want to see fast lanes. I think fast lanes are a bad idea. And if we see more data caps, they're also a bad idea as well because it's just not good in general to have these fast internet speeds. And this is just another way of getting revenue for no apparent reason, especially since Comcast came out and be like, yeah, um, our whole, uh, our whole, you know, data caps, it really was because of congestion. We just wanted more money. So I'm hoping that he will keep them accountable. Even if he is a little weaker, you can still keep these companies accountable and be like, hey, look, I get it. I'm pro business. I get your business. However, we are for the American people. And if you are against them, we have to be eventually against you. So that's how I hope he plays it. May or may not. I still think net neutrality is a big deal. Even if it didn't wasn't implemented until later on, it's still a, the basis of what we use in America for the First Amendment. Uh, for that, for open, you can say whatever you want. Nothing can be um, hindered or taken away from you. You can view what you want. You may be tracked. That's my thing. Did I think uh, the current administration was that great? It was okay for some things, not okay for others. Do I think there needs to be a way of opening up for other companies to actually, you know, maybe build some infrastructure, internet services, so more competition? Of course. I always think that. More competition is better. Keep Comcast and all them on their toes. Way better idea than, well, not. Anyways, moving on to Google Voice. Yeah, it was kind of a surprise when I saw this week that they Google's like, yeah, we're going to update it. I'm like, what? I thought you guys totally just abandoned it. And then, then they came out with their blog saying, yeah, we're sorry that we kind of um, didn't update it for over five years. Yeah, it's been five years. Yeah, that's how long it's been. But they finally updated because people have been wanting for that. They're going to add group chats, photo sharing, because that actually wasn't involved, and a whole bunch more. They're also going to have separate tabs for your text and your phone. So I actually use it because um, it gives me a nice... Uh, visual voicemail and it was kind of the only alternative to paying for your visual voicemail as well now the newer one's gonna have better well it's gonna be able to you know translate it or make the transcript of it a lot better than it well is right now now has it been pushed out yet no i have not seen it yet i've been hoping that they will turn it on for me eventually because i use it but i haven't seen it quite yet the problem you know here's the biggest problem I still don't get, uh, I still don't get the whole, the, their whole uh, strategy for messaging. So now they're gonna caring about Google Voice. They already have Google Hangouts, but that's gonna be transitioning to more enterprise type of system. They have Messenger, Allo, Duo, Google Spaces, which is another group chat. They have six messaging platforms. Google, once again, pick one or two. I don't care. Or merge them together. But seriously, you are not making any sense. You have all these things. And I don't know which one's going to survive because I don't, you, you're basically splitting off different people from using different things. And I don't know which one's going to work or not. And I don't know which ones people are going to use. And six messaging devices? Really? Can we, can we bring them down to three? Like, merge Allo and Duo together. Merge, well, Messenger and Google Voice together. Seems like a... And, mer and just keep Google Hangouts. Better alternative. Don't have six different messaging platforms. Uh, 
Mm, mm. Just one of those things where I'm like, pick one or three. I said three. I'm fine with three, but just pick a few less than six. If you start to have ten of them, I'm going to really start questioning you. Anyways, moving on to Snapchat and their redesign of the iOS app. Now, here's the thing, and here's a really interesting turn of events. Um, they, uh, they, are, they updated their Android one. And this is the current Android one that the iOS has finally done. And so what it's supposed to do is supposed to have universal search and it'll be a little bit more uh, focused on people finding each other, finding great content, and a little bit, a little bit more social, uh, a little bit more understandable, because uh, that's the biggest qualm for a lot of people that aren't actually on it. Once you kind of like figure out Snapchat, it's a breeze, but there is that learning curve for it. So there's that. It was interesting that the Android version got it first and then the Apple version got it later. Usually you see the other way around where the, uh, the uh, iOS version gets it first and the Android version gets it last, uh, but not with this one. So iOS users, you are finally able to actually do this. So rejoice, rejoice, because you can finally, you know, universal search everybody and find people, engage with them and have really great snaps or naughty ones. I don't really know how you use it, to be honest with you, but I don't know how everybody does it. So that's why I gave you a choice. All right, moving on back to politics. And once again, here's the thing about a lot of the media. They are very left-leaning and they are very hypocritical nine times a 10. But to be honest with you, everybody's hypocritical. So people are just hypocritical in general. But why, why now, media, did you care so much about unsecured things when you didn't care when Hillary was running for president when she had an unsecured uh, server and she had all this stuff stolen from her? Not one peep, not one condemnation about it, just <laughs> tech. <laughs> but now Donald Trump has an Android phone and it's unsecure. Now, ah, oh, how terrible is this? <laughs> okay, now you care? Now the tech industry cares. The tech industry didn't care when Hillary had an unsecure server, but now you care. Oh, how pious of you for caring about one side, but not the other. Not caring about security in general, because that's what you should care about. No, you are now like sh shaking your fist because it's a person you don't really like and saying it's how it's going to create open doors for hacking when it already happened. Hillary already made it happen. Why are you caring now? Why is the biggest thing now when he is going to be probably trading his phone anyways and he just became president? Like he's been in office for what? A week? A week and a half? Five days? Five, five days. Hillary was Secretary of State for how long? Dude, you've seen the irony here. Yes, I know it's an unsecure phone and he should get he should not be using it if it's unsecure. But the irony here is that you're lambasting him for just being president when Hillary was Secretary of State, Senator, knew all the procedures, knew all the protocols, knew exactly what was going on, and still did it, and still decided to cover it up. But no, this is this is far worse. Well played, Vox Media. You are really showing your colors as still not getting it. <laughs> I applaud you for it, because the next one's even better. <laughs> That's right. Now they're telling journalists to stop interviewing Kellyanne Conway because it's bad? I don't understand. Why are you telling people what they can and cannot 
interview. That's not your job. Then don't interview it on your network. I don't care, but seriously, why are you caring so much? Again, on a tech news site, why are you caring about this? Why is this such a big deal? Oh wait, because you need to care about it for some odd reason. Why? Why, 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 why? Yes, I am chastising the media that needs to grow up, needs to accept that it's losing, because it has been losing for a little while now. It keeps on losing and it keeps on banging on the same beat, on the same drum that has a hole in it that's falling apart. But no, we need to say how bad everything is. Oh, look, they're just as worse, even though our drum's falling apart. No, I'm sorry, Rico, Recode, but journalists can interview whoever they want to, even Kellyanne Conway, if they want to. It doesn't matter. I don't care what the journalism professor says, because you want know to be honest with you? You own the education system. I'm not going to trust what the, the professor is going to say, because nine times out of ten, they're going to be more on the left. And so they have a, you know, confirmation bias. You can call that for me a confirmation bias, but at least I'm aware of that. Well, yeah, they're not. He's likely going to say this because of rhetoric or something like that. I didn't have to read this article. So I knew what it was going to divulge into. OK, she's a TV friendly spokesperson. Who cares? I'm pretty sure Obama has several TV friendly spokespeople as well. Why do you care about that so much? Like, why? What does that do with tech? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just, ah, we need to stop doing it. No, you need to stop moralizing like you think you own the high ground. When you don't. You don't own it. You've lost it. <laughs> it's showing. And the last thing. Oh, oh dear God. Ellen K. Powell. I don't know if I said her last name right, and I apologize for that. But I don't apologize for this rant. Now, if you don't know who she was, she was the, C the former CEO of Reddit. Now, here's my qualm. She's now asking the Twitter, or the Twitter, Twitter CEO uh, uh, to ban or suspend Donald Trump from Twitter. That's right. She's asking the CEO to ban the President of the United States on Twitter. The biggest irony here, if you go to her Medium blog post, she's disabled comments. So I did tweet her saying, oh, good. I don't think you understand what censorship is because you're doing it again. It didn't work on Reddit. And now you're trying to do this for somebody else because uh, diversity. I don't think you understand that the best diversity is not what you look like, not your race, not your gender. There's only two. It is your thoughts. Your thoughts are the best weapon that you have for the diversity of thought will help make your arguments stronger and will help you be exposed to new ideas that maybe you thought was wrong, but actually isn't wrong at the end. Why are you telling a CEO to ban the president of the United States? Like, that's not your business. You should not be saying that. If you are the person or the head of some company's diversity program, and you don't understand that the, the, there, the, there is something called diversity of thought, and you aren't championing that, you shouldn't be head of some diversity program because you don't get it. I don't care if you're a woman, if you're white, if you're black, if you're Asian. I care about what you say. I care about what you do. Those are the two most important things. doesn't matter what you look like to me. 
It matters what you think. It matters what you say. It matters how you critically think about things going around you. That's all that matters. What you're saying is that, oh, I don't like him, so ban him, suspend him. He says terrible things. He he chastises people. Oh no, he chastised me. How will I ever live by not caring what he says? If he if he's such a terrible person, why do you care? Like just ignore him. The best offense against these people is just just to walk away, let them make a fool of themselves, and you'll be like, there you go, that's what he really is. And then just leave. Mic drop, whatever. Just do your mic drop gif and leave. You don't have to say anything because if these people are so terribly wrong, they'll hang themselves by just talking. So, Miss, Miss Ellen, Mrs. Miss, one thing for you. Try to listen and try to not speak as much and listen to what they're saying before you go out and say how terrible it is because words don't really hurt as much as actual violence. And we understand that. And it's okay for people to spew their hate. Let them do it. Let them hang themselves. Let people ridicule them for that because they will, they will be ridiculed, especially on the internet. So let them speak. Let them say dumb things or smart things. I don't know. He seems like a pretty smart guy since he fooled everybody. Anyone, let them do that. Let him do that. Let people call him out because it's part of our democracy. And just let him be who he is. That's it. You don't have to do, do anything else. And moving on to things you should try out this week. And so, yes, I'm going to say Google Voice. If you don't have it, you should probably check it out. Also, Boxy is a way to, you know, share your storytelling, make incredible storytelling for you to be inspired, to be creative, to stay connected. You can make anything through this as well. Let's so check out the Boxy. Uh, it's only for iOS. So if you don't have iOS, I'm sorry. You can't do it. Now, if you're looking for a way to actually share files um, and Dropbox is just is just overloading, well, you can do tempfile.cloud, which will store f files up to one gig for 24 hours, and then you can share the link and people can download it if they want to. That's only for 24 hours, so be on the lookout for that as well. Also, one more thing is Box has kind of redone their Box Notes, and so you can get it for your desktop for Windows or Mac if you're looking for a new kind of note-based system. And that's the end of Digital Coffee. Thank you for tuning in as always. Uh, be sure to subscribe on Digital Coffee for iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and more. And as always, uh, subscribe to Digital Coffee on Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus if you want to, because I did actually recently update it. Uh, Instagram, YouTube, Player.me, Anchor Radio, and more. And as and if you like these podcasts, please consider supporting me on Patreon and Podbean. And I have some great uh, T-shirts and coffee mugs in my store, so check them out as well. And join me on Friday when I go through Gaming Gaming and Gamers Cafe for gaming news. All right, guys, have a good rest of your Thursday, and I'll see you Friday later. Bye.